Welcome to A Bittersweet, the Farm Entertainment video game podcast. And today, we're doing the thing that you would absolutely expect to do at this time of year, at this time of day, localised entirely within our bedroom. Oh God, that was a terrible reference. It is the review of the PlayStation 5. I'm always Mike. And I'm always Darren. So, let's, let's, address, let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, you may remember once Michael did a review of all the Oscar films, because I hadn't watched them. Um... This is like that, only I do have regret this time. Uh, <laughs> because I I have held out. I have stuck to my usual rule of I don't tend to like to buy new consoles within the first year or so of them being around. I want to wait a little bit. It was hard this time. I can imagine. That, that cross-play, you know, backwards compatibility thing being right there. The fact, again, it's the Playsetto 5... And I, I want that. I want to stick a little <laughs> picture of Seto's face on there. I haven't done that yet. I need to do that. If I can find a way to make the startup noise, Yugi, I'm going to be very happy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've held off. So this is essentially going to be me quizzing the very fortunate Michael, who doesn't have two PS5s, by the way. No, that's unfortunate. You didn't get to live that dream um, <laughs> of a PS5, a PS5 in every room. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to be quizzing Michael on his brand new toy. Yes, you are. So um, this is going to be a review of the PlayStation 5 core console. That's the one with the disk drive. I didn't go for the digital edition because why would you? Honestly, it's a bit of a weird choice letting Sony set all the prices, mm. although those prices are still steep regardless. So we'll see if yeah. that changes as the <laughs> generation goes on. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, feel free to be question master in this episode of uh, PS5 Mastermind, Darren. Uh, okay. Please do go ahead with your so, questions about the PlayStation 5. Shall we just set up how, like, your first... When did it arrive? <laughs> so, um, I was very oh, so I was very lucky to have ordered this from Curry's. And I, I can't believe I'm giving Curry's praise. I used to work at Curry's. It was the worst job I've ever fucking had. Um, <laughs> I hated it there. The only good thing, in fact... It was seven years ago I was working at Curry's um, and I ordered my own PlayStation 4 in. Like I had access to the ordering system and mm-hmm. I ordered my specific console in. That was the only way I knew that I would be getting one of these. Um, not in a fortunate position this time round as I had literally every site going open apart when those pre-orders opened. And I got lucky with Shop 2 and I got lucky with Curry's and then Shop 2 told me that I wasn't guaranteed for day one. So I cancelled the fuck out of that. Um and then, yeah, it came. People who ordered through Game had the worst time. Like In the UK, Game is like the biggest gaming retailer, the one that still has like physical brick-and-mortar shops mm. as well as an online store. And they uh, they real screwed over their customers, let me tell you. Uh, they Their pre-order system was their delivery was going through Royal Mail, oh. which you had the option to pay more to have Royal Mail tracked or Royal Mail guaranteed before 12. Or There's mm-hmm. a, a number of things that the Royal Mail do. Um, to allow you to have uh, flexibility over your deliveries. Uh, the night before launch, they decided to switch from Royal Mail to Yodel without telling their customers. Oh. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, so people Yodel are the dirt worst. I mean, there's Yodel and Hermes in terms of, like, people you don't want handling your shit. No. Um, and I, I, had the, I had the fear sweats on me already because I'd ordered um, Spider-Man, Mars Morales and Demon Souls from... Uh, game not not game sorry curries and amazon respectively 
I ordered, I pre-ordered Demon Souls the day before it came out on the 12th and right. got it on the 12th. I pre-ordered Miles Morales two weeks prior to it coming out on the 12th and got it the 13th because they fucking lost it. Oh, no. So I was already having the fierce sweats. Um, and then luckily, the DPD actually pulled through. I got the delivery at, uh, I think it was 20 past 10 in the morning. Sweet. But unfortunately, I was doing training for my new job from home. So I was setting it up in my <laughs> in my breaks. Oh, in between no. the sessions, which was a bad thing to do, because I was distracted as hell. Um, but no, I, I got it all set up kind of like by midday. I let all the updates go on, and then I started installing uh, Mars Morales and Demon Souls in the background, installing Buds Bug Snacks, and I've also looked at the P- PS Plus collection and installed Days Gone. Um, yeah, I then also uh, bought and downloaded Spider Man Remastered as well. So those are the, the games that I have first-hand experience of. Um, so the four or five titles. Uh, but yeah, no. Launch night was real good. I, I, I just let it do what it needed to do and then just dived headfirst the second I finished training. Real quick on deliveries. Uh, so I ordered... <laughs> I've had to keep myself warm with, um, first of all, trying to get all the Al Creamy themes, uh, uh, a little bit of forms even, in Sword and Shield. Two more to go of uh, oh, wow. 64 so i'm nearly down with the sickness uh and playing assassin's creed valhalla i it was coming out on the tuesday um which was xbox series x launch day so i should have known better um so i booked the wednesday off thinking well the postman doesn't come in the mornings anymore they can come at any point during the day um but for now i'll book i'll arrive on tuesday i'll get installed i'll play it wednesday uh didn't arrive on tuesday they all day long amazon said 10 p.m it'll be there so 9:59, i'm still downstairs waiting like any second now um <laughs> and then at one minute past 10 it updated to say oh wait no sorry it hasn't been dispatched yet uh so it should be oh. there tomorrow too late for me to cancel my day off and it arrived at half three uh and i finished work at half four so real glad that i booked an entire day off for an extra hour's worth of playing uh, Assassin's Creed. So Jesus. It took 20 minutes to install as well, so, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> so I, I feel you basically like lost, like, you basically gained nothing there. Yep, I got to, instead, uh, do some washing up, that was fun. Uh, uh, do, you know, to take, take the washing out, go to the skip. Uh, so all the fun stuff. Um, anyway, so... Um, how was the how was the box? I know people have been showing off how the Xbox Series X looks when it comes out of the box. It looks pretty goddamn special. How was uh, how was the PS5 by comparison? Uh, the PS5 packaging is not brilliant. Right. Um, my first major gripe with it is that the the actual outer um, artwork of the PlayStation 5 system on you know that the kind of like the white sides and the blue. Sorry, the white front and back and the blue sides of like the yeah. rectangular box. That's a sleeve. That is like a cardboard ah. sleeve that goes over the actual box. Um, my cardboard sleeve got bashed to shit because uh, oh. DPD de- managed to dent all four fucking corners of it. So uh, fair play. That's good. I mean, luckily it's the bit that matters the absolute least. If there was like right. any dents in the actual packaging box on the inside, there would have been issues. But uh, thankfully, that was untouched. Um, yeah. Compared to the Xbox Series X, it's certainly not as premium in terms of packaging. You pull the big white cardboard corrugated box out of the sleeve. Right. You open it up and there is a 
like a long topper box which contains yeah. your cables the dual sense controller and the quick start guide and then once you pull that out the ps5 is just there sandwiched in between two um like rigid cardboard like molds that are either side like top and bottom of the console mm-hmm. and then you just you just pull the thing out it's it's simplistic it's actually not as premium as the ps4 packaging um and that wasn't specifically premium either um the the ps4 packaging and the xbox one packaging were very similar um but the xbox series x is probably the best in terms of presentation see ps ps5 quite distantly behind it but this is the thing though right i i this is not me being a playstation fanboy but yes it's nice if the box is nice but like that's maybe the first five minutes of your interaction with this console you're going to have for six seven years plus so you know, people are going, oh, it's such a shame that the box is not more interesting. I'm like, does it really matter, though, ultimately? It really doesn't. The box has been sat behind the Poang chair in our living room since those five yeah. minutes were used, and I've not thought about it since. What a lovely box to put in the loft. Um, yeah, this, this is it. It goes, like, I still have the boxes for most of my consoles, and yes, I've got every console I've ever bought dating back to the Mega Drive. Damn. Um and I've still got the packaging for pretty much everything else. It just takes up cupboard space. I don't know why people are bothered about this. I don't know, but it, it seemed relevant to us since everyone's banging on about it. But there we go. So it seemed that setup was pretty easy. Um, did you do the uh, the PS4 to PS5 transfer thing where you can like take your settings and uh, stuff you've got stored on the PS4 and transfer it over to the PS5? I didn't, and for the reason that I wanted the vanilla PlayStation 5 experience, that I can really talk about that. Lovely. Okay, so how um, how are you finding the um, the UI, the the interface um, on a top level? Well, first of all, the initial setup has a lot more customization that you'd expect. Right. Um, it, it also has the option to not have to do the thing that I do every time I have to buy a new console, which is reset my fucking password. Um, thankfully. <laughs> This has a feature. If you download the new PlayStation app, if you're already signed into that, um, all you got to do is zap a QR code on the screen and you are signed into the PlayStation 5 once and forever. It's it's very fucking simple. Uh, It gives you a lot more control over your rest mode options as you're setting up, um, as well as if it detects that you are plugged into a HDR capable TV, which I do have, um, it does the HDR setup there and then during the initial uh, stages, which was really nice because I don't like doing that. I I like having HDR. I don't like setting the fucking thing up. So to have it be like one of the first things I get done... Whilst, might I add, uh, it says if you've got a get, like as part of the main setup, it says if you have a game disc already, pop it in. We'll install it whilst we're doing the rest of the setup. Sweet. Yeah, that was pretty dope. So I just whacked Spider-Man Miles Morales straight in uh, and finished doing the HDR settings. But yeah, no, it was um, it was a nice setup. But you were asking specifically about the uh, UI. Yes. Yeah. So the the biggest change you'll notice in the UI when you turn it on for the first time is that the that you've got a similar media scroll bar that you have on the PlayStation 4, but it is much more simplified. Um, You don't get, say, like the long, like the central square box arts are kind of now consigned to the left-hand top corner. Mm -hmm. Um, And instead, when you scroll over that, instead of getting, 
you know, the, just the name of the game in big white text and then an option to see who's playing it below that. What you actually get is a full screen art that is either the box art blown up or a different art altogether, which right. is really nice. Cool. It makes the console feel a bit more like graphically focused yep. to know that you are getting like a full screen, full 4K HDR experience before you've even booted the game up. Um, not only that, but it plays unique music for every single title and every single app, which is really nice. Um, and it is smooth. It's quick. You don't fit much on the bar. It doesn't fill up that much. But honestly, I think that makes it look a bit cleaner. I, th- I actually prefer it. Um, you've got the PlayStation Store is now built into the main screen experience um ordinarily on the playstation 4 if you go all the way to the end and then click the store button you'll then take it into a standalone store app on this uh, where you'd normally go down to see who's playing a certain game or look at an upcoming social event on that game this actually launches the store for you it's inside the ui of the main menu you just right. go down and straight away you can go to buying things cool the it is useful. Um, bit predatory, though. It is a bit predatory. It is a bit predatory. It's it's nice if that's what you want, especially if you did go for the digital version of the console. To know that you haven't got to jump through hoops to actually go and get your content is is quite nice. Although for somebody who's got a disc-based version, like you say, it seems a bit. Oh, you've just paid like the four hundred pounds for the system. How about spending another fifty? You know, it's, yeah, it's not great at the box, but. I feel like in going forward in terms of usability, as we will, as the sales start and PlayStation 5 titles actually become affordable, um, that might be quite useful. That might be quite good. They've they've moved a lot of the options around. Um, the option to go into your PlayStation and PS Plus profile is now top right-hand corner of the screen next to the settings and an all-console and all-store search button, which is weird. The idea that your search, but if you're trying to find a specific thing on your console, you can also see results from the PlayStation Store. I must say, I don't like that at all. Right. Why? Because if I'm trying to find a game that's on my SSD, or if I'm trying to find uh, a certain... Say, for example, I'm trying to find, like, the Share Factory, if I wanted to edit one of my gameplay clips. I don't want to be typing in SH and be, like, advertised, like, I don't know, Shadow Runner or something like that. So I want to get to the things that are on my console. I don't want more advertising. Okay, that's right. is there is there not a toggle to say right just on console or store and console etc. There absolutely is a toggle um, for store and your system. However, default it is searching in both, uh, right. and there is no way to set that as a default to just your system. It always goes to. Ah, okay all as a standard that's not good so if it was a priority thing where if it found stuff on your console that had the letters you were looking for and they always appear at the top of the list and then everything else appears below that's not too bad but if it's prioritizing stuff that's on the store that's that's bad well it's it's prioritizing everything which is fine if that's an amendable setting but it isn't okay hopefully that's just like a that seems like something very easy to patch where you can pick what you want your default to be and then toggle it to the different thing. But, I mean, if they don't patch it, then it's obvious they've done it for 
predatory reasons as opposed to anything you know genuinely useful or, yeah you know it's, it's not a user-based um feature it's a we want to make more money feature it's absolutely kind of setting the the idea that sony does want more control over what you purchase i mean right. we we knew this i I sing the praises of the Xbox One S, of the all-digital version of that console which I own, and I love it as a Game Pass machine. But I purchased the disc version of the PlayStation 5, and I don't want to be told about the store in multiple locations. If the store is already easily accessible, I don't need another way to access it that quickly. Right. That's fair enough. Okay. So, now, I want to talk more... Well, first of all, where is the big boy city? Have you found it an issue with just being the gargantuan fucking unit that it is? Oh, let's not mince words. This thing is fucking huge. Like, <laughs> it's it's so ridiculously massive, un- unnecessarily massive. I know that there's big cooling fans in this thing, and they work their fucking magic. Like, okay, very quick sidebar about the noise that the console produces. Mm. When it is running a game or running media, it is near silent. Like right. the initial setup where the fans kick in lasts around two seconds and then it is whisper quiet. However, when it launches a disc, it is the loudest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> the disc drive in the PlayStation 5 is without a doubt far louder than the PlayStation 4's disc drive. Right. And that's a big issue, especially because, you know. The disc is basically an unlock key at this point. You are installing the entire thing on the SSD, and you're going to want to because it's fucking quick. We'll get to that later on. But that initial kick, and sometimes the game does need to pick up additional things from the disc, which enables that extra speed. And it is just all of a sudden you think you've accidentally turned your PlayStation 4 on. You're like, oh, fuck, have I lent on the controller? It's like, no, the PlayStation 5 has just started making noise. Right, but is that like a... A mild inconvenience when you start the game and then it kind of doesn't happen again? Or does that, like, a few times when you're playing it will spike up for a second when it's loading stuff off the disc? Um, it, it sometimes does it on startup, but not every time. Yeah. Um, it occasionally does it on startup of a, uh, of a game, but not all the time. Okay. The most I've noticed it booting up and reading stuff from the disc is whilst playing Miles Morales. Okay. Um, I've been kind of swinging through, and I... I would not even be like at a particular point where it feels like it needs to load. And all of a sudden you just hear, and then it's silent again. Okay. It's like, it's, it's like your neighbors are just doing a bit of impromptu drilling. (laughs) It's like, it just happens sporadically. And I understand it's to, it's to kind of give a further boost to the SSD and by God, it is worth it. But it is fucking loud. Right, okay. That's well hopefully that's something that, you know, when they get into later versions of this like not like, you know, pro versions or whatever, but where as they kind of make more of these, they kind of the technology always gets slightly better even if they're not changing, you know, the vast majority of stuff going into it, like the shell or whatever. So hopefully by the time I get it they've they've patched that out a little bit, but we'll uh we shall see. Um yeah, so, the, the, sorry, quickly. Um, I haven't tested this, uh, my console, with the UHD Blu-ray mm. uh, because I don't own any. So <laughs> yeah. it's impossible for me to know if the disk drive issue carries on into media playback. 
Um, maybe it does. Uh, I will have to get back to you on that one. Uh, but they're on about updating the fan through further software updates. So if it's possible them, for them to update the noise on the Blu-ray drive in software updates, I would be so welcome to that. Sweet. Like I said, hopefully that's something that isn't that doesn't seem like monumental. Like that's not like a principle you know, part of the thing quieting a disk drive shouldn't be too hard. Um, so, Oh, yeah, I was answering the question about where the fuck the thing is, wasn't I? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Initially, I set it up next to my TV. Um, right. Now, I haven't got the biggest TV. It is only a 40-inch, but it's perfectly... Only? Apparently, that's not a big size anymore. Okay. Yeah, apparently, like, the, the standard that people have are, like, 55s. I'm like, if I had a 55, it'd be scraping the walls. Jesus um, Christ. I do not have that big of a house. No. So... Um, I've got a 40 inch and the PlayStation 5 in its stand vertically um, next to the TV was, I would say, way up a 40 inch TV. Mm-hmm. So that immediately moved um, <laughs> because that is far too fucking large. And where my wife sits at the dinner table to watch stuff on the TV, it would have actually blocked her view of a little bit of the screen. Right. So. That moved immediately. The switch is now back in that position because it's a much smaller profile. Mm-hmm. I had to move. So I've got a two shelf glass stand. Um, the top shelf is where the TV sits and where the switch is and where my top two speakers are. And then I've got the bottom shelf, which is where I've got um, my Blu-ray player, which is also pairing my um, surround system, where my subwoofer is, where the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One were. And now where the PlayStation 5 is. However, I've had to move the PlayStation 4 from the left-hand side of the subwoofer to the right, directly underneath my Xbox One, because the PlayStation 5 is fucking gargantuan. <laughs> it it commands so much um, real estate in, in your thing. And you will want to leave... I've seen people who've put it like quite snugly into things. Yeah. But because the the fan is kicking out heat from the top of the unit, if you have it vertically... You're going to want to leave some space. So I do have about two to three inches, probably bordering on three to four um, of headroom between the top of the console and my subwoofer, which is proving to be more than enough space for it to kick out heat, as it is also kicking out heat from the back, um, where there's a lot more room uh, because I've kind of got it like on a pivot in a corner. Right. Um, but the, even in its vertical, sorry, even its horizontal positioning, and I don't like the stand on the horizontal positioning. It is not as secure as the vertical positioning. During setup, I actually tried to shift it backwards, and it fell out of the stand. Ah. So, so it ain't it ain't as secure as it made it look in the teardown video. If you were setting it up from and you were like behind the TV stand and laying it down, much like in that video, that's a lot more secure. But trying to shift it back into a tv stand proved to be quite difficult um so i would say be very wary about that stand if you're having to do it horizontally like i did but the thing Um, is so fucking chunky it's actually thicker than my blu-ray player and my playstation 4 combined in terms of height jesus it's fucking huge and it it doesn't feel like there's any reason outside of the ginormous fan for it to be that big I am struggling to think where this is going to go, um, just because like um, we, we've since lockdown we've moved the PS4 downstairs and that fits quite nicely 
under my current TV. My plan is to update that TV to a 4K ready thing when it's before the PS5 gets here. But now I'm worried that it won't actually fit there, and I might have bought a 5K for my little gaming nook uh, where the PS4 used to live, which will not go down well in this house if I've bought a very expensive TV for my own personal <laughs> use in my little man <laughs> yeah. cave. Um, plus, I've got... <laughs> I've got logistical problems, not of Blu-ray players and PlayStation, but of uh, Lego. Um, oh, as yeah, of I, I've now, uh, I'm, I'm getting more, so I'm having to expand anyway. But uh, that's where the uh, that's where the Falcon sits at the second. So I'm, I I don't know. I genuinely haven't got a clue where I'm going to put this big boy. Maybe by the time I get round to it, they would have gone. Okay, everyone said it was too big. Here's a slightly more compact version, and I might go for that. But we shall see. So, the other two things I want to talk about, I don't know if it's better to talk about them in the context of a game, is the controller and the graphics output, as well as like loading time. So, mm. uh, I'm guessing Miles Morales is the one you've played the most? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, uh, should we talk about all all of those things, kind of, in terms, in the context of, of Miles Morales? So, this is kind of a PS5 review and a Miles Morales review. I know you haven't finished it, but I'm presuming you can give a bit of an impression at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like if we want to talk about the controller, it's actually best to talk about the packing game of Astro's Playroom. Oh, well, go ahead then. Um, yeah, this is actually genuinely the best packing game I've ever played. Um, that absolutely expertly shows off why the DualSense might be the best controller ever made. Oof. And and I know I'm I'm kind of treading on the toes of very good controllers there. The GameCube controller, the placed the DualShock Four the um, xbox 360 controller there's a lot of great controllers and i think the dual sense might be the best one okay um so astro's playroom is basically an enlarged tech demo but it's also kind of like a celebration of the playstation as a franchise which is really cool being cool to play with i kind of forgot how many pieces of hardware i actually own that is made by sony uh when i was going through and it's like oh yeah now i've got one of them in the cupboard uh yeah now i've got one of them yeah i've got one of them as well yeah i've played that game you know it's it's a very good uh, trip down memory lane but it is made entirely to show off the dual sense um first off vibration um and haptic feedback it's very good it's surprisingly in depth and kind of does have a greater degree of um of kind of alterations between it and it's very quick in doing so um for example in astro's playroom um at the very start of the game you're running through like a metal assault course so like the vibration is quite um how to describe it it feels hollow and immediate with its like taps on the controller because every time you walk it vibrates very very slightly and the speaker is kicking out like a metallic sound at this point it's going doo, 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 as your little robot feet are going on the floor mm. you then start walking on glass in the same room and all of a sudden the vibration changes on the fly it knows that you're walking on glass and it feels different like in the hand you, you you've now stepped on something that isn't as sturdy and is a little bit more fragile with like the it's kind of it's genuinely like magic it, it's it knows that you're stepping on different things you go into another level where there's grass and all of a sudden the rumble has completely changed its pattern to em emulate you walking through something it's now starting to like wiggle back and forth to the left and right more than it is like an up and down motion it 
honestly, it is so beyond description. It has to be felt to be believed. But I will say this. There is no better thing about the PlayStation 5 than the adaptive triggers. Right. Holy fucking shit, they are a revelation. <laughs> okay. They are so good, and it makes every other controller look primitive in comparison. Oh my fucking Christ, Darren. They're Jesus. brilliant. <laughs> I I did not think I would enjoy it as much as I did. And the first time you try it, you're... Um, activate you might have seen like the footage of astro's playroom where you're like activating rockets on the bottom of the controller yeah and the first time you feel it and you feel that like secondary clunk on the adaptive triggers to activate the rocket you go oh that's kind of cool that's not that's not all it goes to it can also uh push back against you you use a bow in the game and you feel the tension as you push down so like it adds a very slight vibration that grows the further down the trigger you go in order to emulate tension. It's so good. Not only that, you the thing you can hear, sometimes hear the little motors, like the little servos pushing back against you. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. There is a moment in um, Astro's Playroom where you're like piloting a robotic monkey right. and you're kind of grabbing onto these things that then transport you to another climbing puzzle. As you grab onto them, not only are you feeling the tactile force of having just grabbed onto a ledge, but as it zips along a wire, you can feel the servos pushing back up against you to emulate moving across a zip. Wow. And it, it's so fucking good. It's, it's, so it's using a, a combination of the rumble in the controllers, the servos pushing against the back of the triggers, and the almost analog feel of the actual triggers themselves to create just an absolutely unique way of of feeling a haptic feedback from a game i cannot fucking wait to see what people do with this and i think this has only made me more excited for horizon 2 oh yeah oh yeah you are nothing but bow and arrows and tent and all the tripwires you have to put down that could be Dope. My only worry for this is the vast majority of games you play are third party. And if this isn't something the Xbox Series X can do, this is something they have to, you know, sink budget into doing. Because I imagine it's not easy, at least early on in the consoles, like they haven't really, you know, put out a, a, a very straightforward and easy way to do things that anyone can kind of slap onto a game. They're going to have to do this just for the PS5 version. So my hope is. That it is so good that everyone just wants to have a play with it anyway. Obviously, the first party games will have to push it. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm worried uh, that a lot of people won't... A lot of companies will feel like, okay, that's an extra expense that won't add that much to the game, so we'll, we'll downplay it. I'll put in like, the bare minimum one. But when they do get to use it, that sounds like... Well, that's the thing, cause with this console generation, it's not a graphical leap by the same things. It's a tech leap. So... The, the differences you're going to be able to tell are not necessarily oh, in the visual fidelity of what uh, they can do. It's in load times, extra stuff the controller can do, bigger worlds, no loading times, etc. So, yeah, this is why I really wish we weren't in lockdown so I could come and have a go. <laughs> the second it ends, you're so welcome. Oh, yeah, I'm only there the next day <laughs> going, right, let me let me push on your triggers. Um, <laughs> Because just the endless applications of, of what it's doing. So I'm guessing 
it's never got to the point where you feel like you're really having to fight to push them down. So the, the motors they put in there are only relatively small. They can't put up too much resistance. No, it isn't overpowering, which is right. good because you still feel like you don't feel. I, I, I like the idea. We were talking about this in the previous episode of of these triggers being able to literally fight against you. Mm. Um, but I feel like that really has to be quite limited in terms of its capability because inevitably you're going to get somebody with a very strong grip who's going to completely fucking... I'm scared <laughs> to break them. That's you know. a good point. Cause like, imagine if you were using it... Say it was the block button in um, in uh, Jedi Fallen Order 2 and if you were parrying with those triggers and if you were up against you know another lightsaber, you'd really have to force it. If they're bigger and stronger than you... You've really got to fight to keep going. Because I'm guessing it can't push you out. It can only put up resistance when you're pushing in. Yeah. So so you, you kind of feel them and hear them activate. Uh, so, for example, one of the, the things in Astro's Playroom is when you collect an artifact, you can zoom into it. Mm. And there is a slight resistance, but it doesn't completely stop you from pressing it down, where it actually feels like you're moving machinery. Um a similar thing that they also put in... The thing is, they can put, like, different stop-and-start positions on this thing. Um, one of the, the features in Astro's Playroom is a gacha machine, and you pull the crank down like it's a slot machine, and then you catch mm-hmm. the the the, oh, the gashapons, uh, your other hand. And there is a point where, like, you, you start to break the gashapon open... But then there is like a dead switch point halfway down the trigger where you go beyond it and you've opened the thing. So it's possible to set the dead point higher up so that you're not damaging the controller, which is good. Because I feel like setting it real low down and having to really force it down would cause breakage. But thankfully, you can alter that. Okay, good. Um, Yeah, because that's the thing. All the reviews that came out were like, the thing that most immediately feels next gen is the controller so i'm very excited to use it and i imagine so i'm guessing it's not too much of a leap from a ps4 controller in terms of hand feel you're not you know missing buttons because you're trained on a ps4 controller you'd be surprised but there is actually a great deal of difference between the ds4 and the dual sense all right um the dual sense is a bit more curved the only way i can describe it is it feels a little bit more like an xbox controller but not entirely Um, it's not as I will say that it did actually take me a little time, a little bit of time to get used to playing Spider-Man again, because I I mean, I've played like 70 hours of the original Spider-Man. So I was getting back to kind of like the claw grip I had for um, for swinging. And because there is a different feel to the controller and there's a different curvature, um, it did take me a little bit of a while and it was a little bit uncomfortable to begin with. But it's not. It's not so far away as that you would be like, I can't use this controller. It is it is still pretty comfortable to hold. Great. Okay, so um, load-up times. Um, in terms of if you're just launching, say launching Miles Morales, is it like a noticeable difference in terms of how fast it is getting into the game? I've been making a note of this, of my average load times from... And not even from a rest mode startup, from an absolute cold power on to playing the game so pairing on the system takes roughly about six seconds to get from uh the thing is turned off to i am at the main screen Mm -hmm. um six is kind of like your minimum maximum about 10 
Um, but for, once you're on that home screen, that's where it really starts to kick into gear. So you can select Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is the one that I've been playing the most, and be from the menu to the game's start screen in five seconds. Jesus. You can then go from loading up your save file, so clicking save file one, two, I am playing the game in as little as three seconds. Okay, right. So just to give you a comparison of what I'm dealing with, um, you can really tell that Valhalla is meant to be played on a PS5. The PS4 is not coping particularly well. I mean, <laughs> it's it's like it's grading on a curve. If this was PS3 load times, you say, this is brilliant, but it's easily like getting, getting onto getting Assassin's Creed booted up takes a good 30 seconds and then it's got a big old load screen to begin with then you've got to press X to get on you know get past the main bit then you've got to press continue and then it can be a minute minute and a half before you're actually like doing stuff and then wow. if you if I pop the raven to go and look for something and I fly too far away from your boy Ivor it then has to reload where I am. That can take about 20 seconds. If I'm doing fast travel, which to be fair, I, maybe it's just this game that's not doing it well. Because I remember the Spider-Man, we, we were all marvelling at how fast, ah, marvelling, um, at how fast <laughs> the um, the fast travel is in, in Spider-Man on the PS4. Mm. So maybe it is just a Ubisoft problem, but it discourages you from using fast travel because it takes so goddamn long to load. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, I don't know where we go like, is the PS6 just going to be instant for everything? Like, you'll turn it on. Hello, what do you want to play? That. Okay, go. Swing. And you're off. Maybe. Within, like, 10 seconds. Because, I mean, there has to be a point at which it can't actually get any faster without being instant. So, we'll see. But, yeah, that sounds... That sounds good. Not, I mean, I get to watch a YouTube video for five minutes before I get to play Assassin's Creed. So, that's not the end of the world. But, <laughs> yeah, that does sound... And, I mean, so that's just booting up a game. In-game, if they're... Is there still an abundance of load screens, or is it, again, pretty pretty instant? I've been playing Mars Morales quite a lot. I think I've put about four hours into it already, maybe five. I've not hit a load screen. Good God. Not well, one. Even on quick travel? There is no load screens on quick travel. You, um, it forces you to do it at one point. I don't like using the quick travel in Spider-Man, because I prefer to swing from point to point. But in the tutorial hours of the game it forces you to to quick travel from one side of the map to the other you hit it it goes down into a blackout for about a second and you're back in it's Christ. it's so impressive and you know you remember when you used to go and do the um the the kind of like the combat challenges inside of like the hideouts yes so like you'd pull open the hatch and jump into a thing yeah in Spider-Man PS4, you'd pull up the hatch, jump into the thing, and then you get to look at a cool graphic of Spider-Man for about 10 to 20 seconds. Yeah. In Miles Morales, he pulls open the hatch, he jumps down, and the next shot is you landing. It is instant. That's that's what I'm looking for. That's next gen. That's... There's also dynamic exits. So one of the missions is where you go and rescue a cat who's also called Spider-Man. It's very confusing. Right. Um but you pull open the hatch, you jump in, you're immediately there, you do the um, the combat challenge in there, you rescue the cat, and there's like a vent, and you zip through it, and you're immediately out and swinging. It's one clean shot as you go straight through the walls of the building back into the open world. It's fucking brilliant. 
that's what I want. That's what I want my consoles to be doing. That's a a big quality of life improvement. Um, have you had any instances of like? Uh, has it have any glitches yet? Have you had any bugs? Any hard resets? I have had two glitches in Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yes. Okay. Um, one of them, uh, I was having a phone conversation with Ganky, who's like your um the the guy in the chair situation is like in Ned Leeds of the story. Yeah. Um and I glitched him out by picking up a collectible. Um and <laughs> he it stopped his dialogue, but his little icon didn't stop. Um it was still there, but like right. it was basically like we were on an awkward phone conversation, like I was like, oh hang on, I just need to do something and we just weren't talking to each other. Um that then stopped all progress in the game. Um I couldn't I couldn't go and find any more collectibles. I couldn't enter any missions. And every time I landed on a surface, Miles's leg would jitter like he's got like Parkinson's. <laughs> so that was a that was a reset the game problem, and that's happened twice now. Okay, that's. But I mean, again, it's still early days for this console. It's still going to have TV issues. But have you seen have you seen the glitch that turns you into inanimate objects? Oh my god, I've been I've been wanting to see that in my game. I, I want to be trash bag spider-man or like uh, yeah, snow seen, spat spider-man yeah i've seen puddle spider-man bin spider-man <laughs> uh lampo spider-man <laughs> what Honestly, a wonderful th- thing there is a lot more glitches in this compared to how polished the original uh game on playstation 4 was mm-hmm. i don't feel like i ran into anything like this in the original and i know this because it's new hardware and there is some you know there's going to be problems it's not yeah. like the system you've had for seven years and you know it inside and out. This is brand new. So the fact that the glitches are infrequent and funny is okay, but they are yeah. they are very much still there. I haven't had, again, by comparison, Saturn's Creed Valhalla littered with the things. Um, every time you go to push an object, he will phase through it and then kind of bungee back to push it where you're meant to go. <laughs> um i had a one yesterday where i'd finished like gaining a new partnership like a new alliance with a kingdom um your your boy cuthbert was meant to tell me what to do next cuthbert then zoomed out of the lung house then zoomed straight back in and apparently that deactivated a cutscene that was meant to happen i ride out of town go to talk to like i'm trying to do the side quest to complete this area and it just won't let me have the speak button all right what the fuck um, so I reload, and that then triggers the very important cutscene I was meant to go through, at least like another little action scene. So it is glitching all over the shop. Um, <laughs> I saw so... the, the the clip you put up on Twitter where you just like <laughs> boffed a guy in the head, and he just was not phased. Oh, Ned Hardhead, yeah, he he yeah. was. T- I I waffled that for that's a a five second clip of about a two minute investigation into. If because I, I was, it's a side mission where he goes. I I want to go to Valhalla. I want my things to come with me. Please throw them off this cliff for me. So I was chucking them off for him all dutifully. I mean, well, he wants to come off the cliff as well. Let's see if this works. Bump and it just bonks off him. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I hit him with my wolf. I hit him with my horse. Nothing was moving this man. Um, <laughs> I um, I had a nudist guy who I'd gone to do a mission for who had left the rock where he was stood and moved to a second rock, which meant he was, as far as the game was aware, non-existent. I could walk through him and in all of his nude glory. Um, I've had... Uh, did you see the Parappa the Rapper level birds? 
Yes, yes, I did. There is no excuse at the end of the PS4's life cycle <laughs> to have that bad of a graphic. For it must have been the last thing they did. Of like, oh fuck, we haven't put like the eagle circle in the um, the synchronization points. Mm. But don't worry, I found this from like yeah, Parappa the Rapper on PlayStation One. Use this. Because they are, like, the most... I could put together a better graphic of a circling birds. And they, they, they don't scale properly. So when you're miles out, they look huge. And then... <laughs> what? So if, if, you were, if you were miles out and they were that bad of a graphic, you wouldn't notice because you're miles away. You can just see, like, a circle of stuff moving over. I think, fine. Mm. As you get closer, it just it's like shrinking the vector image that they have. Like it just gets smaller, <laughs> but doesn't get any better looking. So the birds can be... If you're just underneath the thing, they look huge. And then you take a step up and they all just shrink a little bit. You can literally see the the thing getting smaller and smaller as you go up the tower. Oh, that's it's pathetic. shite. There is no, no bloody excuse for that. It is bad. Um, I've, I've, seen, I've seen clips of um, humpback whales just floating out of the sea. Just something <laughs> happens that causes them, like a whale lord, just to float upwards. Um which is fun. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, all that hilarity aside, it sounds like, again, these are teething problems for the PS5, I imagine, once they get... Once we've got year one under the books, hopefully they think... I mean, there's always glitches in games, but they don't sound like they've been too oppressive or too common. Mm. So that's good. Um, graphics. Now, I know you've you said you had HDR TV. Um, I think this might be... Have you played any of the Spider-Man remastered yet? Uh, no, I've, I'm trying to get through Miles Morales first, but I have been switching back and forth between fidelity mode and performance mode. Mm-hmm. So I can talk about what that's going to feel like, what playing a PlayStation 4 game is going to feel like on this console. So, so that's, so that's a difference between if you want it to look as beautiful as it can, but not necessarily, you know, as responsive as it could be versus you know ultra high frame rate but they've dropped some of the panache basically basically yeah um you have an option between those two now performance mode is imagine spider-man ps4 running as intended but it's a very buttery smooth very consistent 60 frames a second right and holy fuck does it work good for combat oh my god it's a it's a sight to behold. I had a TV that did post-processing 60 frames a second on Spider-Man, and it made it look a bit weird. Um, right. But then I, I've, I've upgraded. I've got this 4K HDR one. Um, I put it into game mode, which means it doesn't lock any frame rates. And holy fucking shit, it's, it is fun. It is fluid. It looks It looks like how game reveal trailers look. Right. Like how it looks proper. The problem is, is that fidelity mode inarguably looks better. It, mm-hmm. the, there's an improved lighting engine, which looks very natural and very vibrant at the same time. There is uh, sort of better post-processing when it comes to effects like snow and weather. And then, of course, you've got the ray tracing in which you've got realistic reflections on buildings, cars, all sorts of sur- any kind of like shiny, reflective or metallic surface has reactive lighting and reactive um, reflections. And this is happening the entire game. There's no slowdown from 30. It's a very consistent 30. And unfortunately, I prefer playing it in fidelity. I I do prefer how this game looks with better environments, better lighting, and 
and better ray tracing. It looks more alive. It looks so tangibly different from the first Spider-Man game that it is absolutely worth playing it like that. I'm considering playing Spider-Man Remastered in 60 frames a second mode because I liked how that game looked and I didn't have a problem with it. I don't think I... I'm going to have to test it out, but I don't think I specifically need the enhanced lighting, the enhanced weather, considering that there was only one weather in the first game um, and the ray tracing. I feel like I'd want the performance out of the yeah. remaster. They, they've showed off um, like the uh, the ray tracing in action on the remaster and fuck it looks good of course it does it looks amazing right but i think i think the performance will enable the remaster to be better than it already was whereas mars morales being such a different beast already in terms of its narrative and its time of the year and its sort of more harlem focused setting it pays to play it in fidelity and i know that there's going to be a lot of frame rate snobs out there that think that's the wrong way to play it but it looks so gorgeous Flipping back, but, back and forth between the two, it's night and day. But at least they have the option then. And I think that's the thing that most people want. If if they want a better graphical experience or they want, you know, twitchy-level gameplay, to be able to toggle that on off, I think, is pretty good. I can see its benefit being... So I'm thinking, like... I'm thinking Arkham. So let's say I'm doing it the first time round. I want it to look as good as it is. I want to be immersed in the story. I want to have that experience. When I'm going back in New Game Plus, you know, ultra-hard mode... I want everything to be as responsive as possible, so I'm not, you know, getting, I'm not taking damage because of, you know, because I wanted to have nice lighting. It's it's because I made a mistake. You know, you want to be as responsive as possible when the challenges get harder. So that's how I think I'm going to be using it. Because I, I don't particularly care about frame rates or anything like that. I'd rather it look nice than be, you know, ultra responsive, unless there is a situation where that is necessary so having the option to toggle it off would be quite nice once you've done with the storyline and you just platinum that thing then having 60 frames per second i'm guessing it doesn't really impact loading times um if you have fidelity mode over the frame rate mode no they're exactly the same Uh, and the good thing about that is that i i do enjoy having a fidelity and performance mode but this does feel like a cross-generational teething problem because this is not a problem i've run into with demon souls because it it obviously undoubtedly looks better in Fidelity when it's targeting 30 and acting as a more cinematic game. But because yeah. that game was built from the PlayStation 5 from the ground up, I don't care what Insomniac says about Mars Morales. It's absolutely an upscale PS4 game. Like, they've yeah. definitely pretty it up and gussied it up and made it look as good as it can be. But there's no denying that that thing can run on a PlayStation 4. Demon Souls cannot, and it looks beautiful even in its performance mode. So I think 12 right. months down the line, this isn't going to be an issue. Right, they'll, they'll, there won't be a difference, basically, you will have. Or at least not one that would be noticeable for most of us. There's, there'll there be a difference, be... but I don't think it'll be as drastic as it is now. Right, would that be if you wanted to? Because then I imagine it would be, right, fidelity mode and 60 frames per second are the same, but you can take it to, like, 120 frames per second or something like that or is that like the realm of only high-end computers i'm guessing at the minute that's only the the realm of extremely expensive monitors um right okay the the playstation 5 out of the box is capable of 4k 120 frames per second and 8k at 60 um the problem is is there are no 8k uh compatible screens at the uh, on the market at the moment unless none that i know about Mm. um 
there's certainly no 8K, 8K compatible TVs. There might be some monitors. 120 is starting to make an appearance on TVs, but it's very new. It's very this year on TVs. Right. Okay. So I don't see 120 frames being pushed on console probably for another two or three years. That's fair enough. But at least it's nice to know that they've got the technology ready to go when that's necessary. And then, as undoubtedly, you know, you get better at doing graphics or whatever on consoles as they age, they'll get a point, like I said, where you'll have... The, you won't need... The flip between fidelity and performance will be changing between 60 frames per second and amazing graphics to, like I said, 120 frames per second slightly reduced graphics maybe that if you want it to be like literally one for one there is no lag between pressing a button and something happening on the screen probably i could see that also being um your fidelity mode becomes 8k when that becomes more standard right yeah Uh, but right now it's both they're both look they both look good because they're both in 4k and they both have hdr so it's not going to look like a bad game whatsoever you are just you're turning off stuff like the ray tracing, which I understand takes a lot of stress on the GPU. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really the only feature. Like, I still feel like you could have the dynamic lighting and weather inside of a performance mode. We're just not there yet. Yeah. But we'll see. Cool. Right. I think that's a pretty definitive review of the console and its current state. Um, now, do you want to roll this into... Uh, do you haven't finished Miles Morales, so if you want to save that for an end-of-the-year review... I think I do. Three. I think I do because okay. that's going to be more of an assessment of that game's narrative than it is Fair the performance. Because right now I can tell you it's it's a slightly tweaked Spider-Man PS4 with a couple of different abilities. It play, it plays just as well as you remember, if not maybe slightly better. But the right. story so far has been weaker. But we'll get to that at the end of the year. Fair enough. Uh, have you had a chance to play any of the other ones yet? I have played Bug Snacks, which was. Mm-hmm. Um, the the new game from Young Horses who developed the Octodad games, yeah. um, so this is their kind of big. It is playable on PlayStation Four, but it's being given out as a PlayStation Five freebie on PlayStation Plus. Oh, right, um, okay. It's very good. I'm actually enjoying that quite a lot. That is a lot deeper of a game than I thought it would be. It's it's kind of a mixture. This is going to sound really odd. It's kind of a mixture between a Telltale game. An Ugh. ape escape game and a Pokemon game. Right. It's it's a very strange beast, but I'm glad that it's here as kind of like a break from the bigger titles on, on the yeah. launch. Actually, I, I want to roll this into a discussion about the launch lineup. Um, because this is a far better launch lineup than the PlayStation 4's launch. Holy shit. Like, it's not even close. There are actually games that you'd want to play on this system. I think... <laughs> If you haven't picked up, if you've bought this system and you haven't picked up either Demon Souls, Miles Morales, um, the new card or Sackboy A Big Adventure, I think you've kind of not done it right. There's actually games worth playing. You think about the PlayStation 4 launch. What were the big games? I mean, Knack, Killzone and Rezogun. And only Rezogun was any good. Was um, Infinite Seconds not a launch title? It wasn't. That came a few months later. Ah, right, okay. So, out the box, this has actually already got a... In, in my opinion, in Demon Souls, a generation-defining game of like, okay, that's what this is capable of. Yeah. It's very exciting. Um, but even then, like, Sackboy A Big Adventure, it's basically 
Mario 3D World and with Sackboy. So if that's right. what you like, sweet. Um, and there's a lot more sort of like trade-over games, like holdovers from the PlayStation 4 getting upgrades. So you think about the PlayStation 4's launch, you had like Black Flag, COD Ghosts, FIFA 14, because it was 2013, yeah. ba- Battlefield 4, games that felt probably the same on PlayStation 3. Yeah. Um, but then you look at the cross-generation times, cross-generation titles from this one, Valhalla, I know that plays better on PlayStation 5. Yep, I can confirm that. Borderlands 3 gets bumped up to a full 60 frames a second in 4K. And yep, that's exactly what you'd want for a shooter. Um, Javel May Cry 5 Special Edition adds new modes, adds new characters, and bumps it up to a solid 60. Um, Fortnite, they put lighting effects in it now. If you're interested in that, cool. Um, and then you've got the Spider-Man remaster, which obviously handles exactly the same as Miles Morales. Um, they've put a next generation version of No Man's Sky up, which is actually a really good game now. And I would recommend people check that out. Um, and Watch Dogs Legion, which apparently is a buggy mess on both ones. So that's probably a bad one to end on. Oh, that's Ubisoft for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Um, great. So, I mean, it's no point at this point doing any comparison pieces because I just think it's too early. Um, air of the box. For it's looking good for the first. Yeah, I mean, Cyberpunk um, is a few weeks away. I want to say at this point. Yeah, December tenth. And I, I, I'm saying right now, if the PlayStation Five bumps the loading times of Cyberpunk up, it is worth the purchase for PlayStation Five because that game is going to be fucking huge. I know. I am getting it for this thing. I've. Um, Cyberpunk, I'm getting for PS4. Um, I think is there anything else I'm getting for PS4? Oh, I'm getting. Uh, <laughs> despite my, I know I've just slagged off Ubisoft, uh, but I will be getting um, the. Uh, oh, I've completely forgotten its name now. Uh, Phoenix. Um, oh, Immortals. Immortals Phoenix Rising. I am getting that because I am a sucker for punishment. Um, <laughs> but I have held off on Miles Morales because I'm like no. That is game one of the three-game checklist I need to buy this thing. I already know that Horizon um, Forbidden West is number two, and then it's whether Hogwarts or God of War arrives first. That will be the third one that will then force my hand into buying a PS5. I mean, Um, your fiancé wants a PlayStation 5 specifically to play Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no... There's no stopping that. And I'm like, well, at that point, I'm like, that's three games that I feel will benefit from uh, being on PS5. So I, I will make the jump at that point. Because I can't really see anything uh, PS4-wise that's coming out next year that I'd wait for. Like, I'm going to get uh, Lego Star Wars, but I'm going to get that on PS4. Plus, again, because of backwards compatibility, it's not really an issue. It's just whether I'm buying a game as... It's a PS5 exclusive. I don't think Hogwarts will be, because, I mean, why would you cut out that level of your player base for a Harry Potter game? That's just counterproductive. If you can put it on PS4 and Xbox One, then you would do that. Uh, God of War 2 has to be a PS5 exclusive, right? You, that, that's got to be the first big step of, like, you know, this is that we're truly next-gen now. We're, we've, we've done... You've done some PlayStation 4 exclusive. We didn't rob you of Miles Morales or Horizon, but God of War is going to be the first step of like right now. From now on, PS5 all the way. So that will definitely move my hand if that comes out first, but I think Hogwarts looks likely to be a summer release next year. Um, so I think by this time next year, we'll both be... 
we'll both be in the next generation of consoles. Won't that be exciting? That'll be fun. I mean, we saw that the Hogwarts game running on PlayStation 4s when that demo leaked. Yes, we did. That's a very so, good point. So that's going to be a cross-generational game. Although it will be interesting to see how the PlayStation 5 upscales that. If it's going to be anything like the Mars Morales upscale, which I I know that Omniac is saying like, oh no, the PS4 is a downscale version of the PlayStation 5 version. I'm like, bullshit. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it, you already made one of the most gorgeous looking PS4 games. Own it. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's going to be weird to see how that works but you're absolutely wrong once god of war 2 launches or god of war ragnarok if that is the title mm-hmm. um that's going to be the death knell of the ps4 but i don't think that's going to come in 2022 i think that might no. be a very maybe end of 2022 start of 2023 i don't know no, i don't I think, think like that game's anywhere near being done 2022 i think maybe because i mean it wasn't all that longer time between them announcing the first God of War, the rebooted one, and it coming out. It was actually relatively short. I remember thinking, that's coming out in February? Like, I think they announced it at, e, at um, uh, E3. They did that tease video. And then I think the next year they came back with the substantial gameplay demo, and then it was out that February. So that's pretty good going for a first-party major like AAA game like that. So... If we take what happened at the end of that last um, uh, PlayStation, what's it called now? Uh, what's their Nintendo Direct ripoff? State of Play. That's it. Why they haven't put a new one out around PS5, I don't know. Like, why you wouldn't push that to the hilt in every medium you have to offer, I don't know. You'd think day one they would have put out, here's all the stuff you can play on PS5 right the fuck now. But, I mean, I guess for the Christmas period, the thing that that they only need to sell is the console itself. I think true you, that. I think you are going to see more of a, a of an emphasis on here are the games you can play on PS5 right now. Maybe at whatever E3 looks like next year. Yeah. If well, if indeed fair, there is an E3. Yeah. To be fair, judging by the rate at which we get actual Nintendo Direct, we might be waiting another two years before we get another state of play. So <laughs> that is true. That, because, my God, they really don't want to put those out. I thought we'd definitely get one by this point just to give them something for Christmas. Because, I mean, Pikmin 3 and Hyrule Warriors uh, Age of Calamity also getting that for Christmas. Cannot wait for that bad boy. Yep. Um, I, I don't... What else has they got, Maggle? Yeah, Nintendo aren't exactly competing this year, are they? No, I think they've just taken a... Right, right we'll just we'll take a gimme. It, it's not going to happen this, no matter what we do this year. Let's come back stronger next year. Oh, God, the, um, the rumours that were like, oh, we're definitely going to see the Switch Pro announced in December. I'm like, no, you're fucking not. No. That's not happening. No, that ain't, that's definitely not happening now. Um, great, right, I think that's... Unless there's anything else we missed out that you wanted to mention. Not that I know of. There's, uh, there's, there's not much else to say at this point. I think as features get added and the console starts to evolve, that is, that is the assessment. I think it... I will say this, if you have a standard PlayStation 4, the 2013 to 2015 launch model, the one that came with like a 500 gig hard drive, the the standard original boxy square boy. That's me. Also me. The PS5 is a worthy upgrade. It mm-hmm. does feel like a huge step forward in every single way. I think if you own a PlayStation Pro, like the, the, the three-tiered three you know the club sandwich version of this that mm-hmm. system 
maybe it's a bit more of a hard sell because you're already dealing with 4K output on that yeah. system. And and games that, whilst they are few and far between as to what can kick out 4K, like Days Gone was one of them. Um, I think Spider-Man also does did have a 4K mode put in, although it didn't have stuff like dyna- dynamic lighting and ray tracing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just very few games that will do that without kind of like an addition to it like an update or a re-release or something like that but it's still a harder sell because you have you have a you have a much bigger hard drive and you have something that is already capable of a 4k output um whereas ours doesn't um uh, they added hdr support via a software update to our original playstation 4s but they do not do 4k they do 1080p no. maximum Ju- that jump to 4k from 1080p is noticeable and it i know that people joke that it isn't but it is it absolutely is the the fidelity is so much better the only thing i think that would be a real problem getting this launch version of the playstation 5 is obviously you're gonna have to contend with all of the bugs and there have been some there have been very few numbers of people's consoles actually bricking um but it has happened um some people have discovered that sometimes their fan makes a horrific noise and that's because a sticker has come loose on the internals that you need to rip off oh. yep and if you take the sticker out you void your warranty so you can't do that <laughs> yep that's 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 real fucked um and obviously the big thing that everybody says is the big you know the big marring point which is the storage and 625 gigs of available storage i think is how much you get and if you use it like i use it it's going to last you a little bit of time, which is only putting games that you don't have on another system onto the PlayStation 5. So for me, that is obviously I didn't go for the PlayStation 4 version of Miles Morales. You can't play Demon Souls on PS4. Um, I'm not downloading Bug Snacks on PlayStation 4. You can only play Asterisk Playroom on PlayStation 5. And then I didn't get Days Gone on PS4, so I've downloaded that on the PlayStation 5. I'm not going to be putting Cyberpunk into the PlayStation 4. That will be on PlayStation 5. But stuff like No Man's Sky that's one i've got on both systems so if if you want to double your games up you're gonna fill that real fast ps5 games are big demon souls was i think 66 gig so yeah. standard and the new the new cut co- the thing is the first party games are actually well managed 15 60 gigs is pretty fucking standard you then go and pick up an activision game and you need 200 fucking gigabytes for call of duty jesus it's it's Sane. I don't see why they don't compress any of their data. See, I, I've never really had this as an issue because the only ones you want to keep permanently on there are multiplayer games that like people are coming around and you want them to play that game or something that you've got like you know you, you're using an online service for you're really into the online stuff. Otherwise, I feel like it's because of cloud saves. It's okay just to like well, like for instance, when I installed Valhalla, I was like, well, I'm pretty much done with Last of Us Two. I don't need that anymore. Off that goes. My saves are still there. If I need to play it, yes, I've got to, you know, think half an hour ahead if I want to reinstall it. But I think I've only got, like, Rocket League, um, uh, Fall Guys, and maybe Tekken 7 as the only ones that have been on there pretty much permanently since I downloaded them. Everything else, I've just been chopping and changing. Yeah, it's the same argument that could be made for backwards compatibility is that once you've finished that game, you're obviously not going to revisit it. And... I mean, you look at the the PlayStation 5 launch, 
there ain't many of these games you're going to be playing in 12 months i mean yeah the new call of duty looks okay if that's what you're into but you'll be paying the next one excuse me the next one the year after that borderlands 3 will have finished its um next round of updates in 12 months time you might not be playing that mortal kombat 11 I mean, that's already at the end of its life cycle. There will be another new Mortal Kombat, I would say, in 18 months at the earliest. Um, yeah, there's a lot of games. There's maybe games like Planet Coaster that are like so unique because, you know, that's the only park building game currently available on a next gen system. You'll probably hang on to that. But the rest, they're all franchises. Yep. There seems little point. I would say the only one, the only guaranteed game that will remain on people's hard drives from day one till the end of this generation is something like Fortnite. And I don't like Fortnite, so I won't have that issue. I know there's going to be a lot of kids out there that have something like Fortnite or PUBG or Minecraft or something like that that is a continually updated game a proper live service like unlike the yearly releases that you get from big publishers that will remain on hard drives and will be repeated from console to console like you'll have it on the ps4 on the ps5 and that's where it's going to start filling up it's when those games get huge updates where they get new maps new modes you're gonna fill this up pretty quickly if those are the games you like playing if you're like me and darren and you prefer a more solitary experience you can afford to uninstall stuff don't be afraid. The PlayStation 5 is very quick at installing things, so you don't need to worry. Lovely. Plug away, Michael. You can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatMikeO, and you can go and find Darren on Twitter and Instagram at Guttridge. You can go and follow the site on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the username FowleyNT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up an RSS feed under the username FowleyNT or FowleyNT Podcast, depending on the service you're using, and go to FowleyEntertainment.com for more podcasts and more written stuff as well. We are approaching the end of the year, so do keep your eyes peeled for end-of-year review content. It is hot on the heels of this uh, this new generational christening. If you go over to fairlandsentiment.com, you may find, depending on which order we release these in, uh, we have just recorded uh, another Spider-Man-centric uh, podcast. This one was a pitch intense talking about air ideas, their combined ideas uh, for uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2, should that come out on the PS5. Um, just some ideas we had. We both went away and tried to come up with ideas, but we thought it's better to put them together, so you can go over and listen to that. Um, you can still also go listen to us run down every game, uh, our top 20 games of the last generation as well, as they're still going to be relevant for a long old time to go. And what a perfect time to play it when you have literally nothing else to do. <laughs> that is true, especially if you weren't able to pick up one of these next-gen consoles, because, oh boy, not only was the original... Pr- a mess but so was the launch day stock as well uh so uh good luck to everybody who's still trying to get hold of a next gen system and well done to everybody who does have one because it's going to be a very turbulent few months to the end of this year let me tell you fun uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh bye everybody bye everybody bye everybody